listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. I want you to get your Bibles out and I want you to go to Colossians chapter 2. We'll get there eventually. Colossians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 6, work our way down maybe through 15, maybe go a little bit further, maybe not. I like to keep you on your edge of your seat. Oh, it's a good day, isn't it? No, I mean, it's a good day, isn't it? Like, we're not waiting for it to be a good day. It is a good day. That's, that's That's a change of a mindset, isn't it? Like we're not waiting for some good day out there in the future. It is a good day today. It is a good day today. Well, let's pray before we jump into this because we've got some work to do today. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it is alive, that it's active, that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide us to our very core. It's able to literally take things that we have set up as truths and come in and begin to mess with them and go, wait a second, that's unto death. Let me show you what's life. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. Father, today we pray and our our commitment to you is that our ears are open, our hearts are receptive, and that our knees are weak. That when you deal with us today about something that we might have to repent of, that we are not stiff, but we bend our knee quickly and repent. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Huh? That's good. Well, I want to tell you, I got a quick question for you. How many of you during all of this time, let me get this real quick. I brought snacks. This is how long the message is going to be today. I brought snacks. You guys didn't get that? We sent out. Didn't we send that out? Didn't we? We didn't send that out, Ryan? Oh, man, I'm sorry. But I, I brought snacks because, I'm, uh, because I just wanted, I wanted to ask, literally just ask you guys a question. How many of you, during this time, there was something that you enjoyed food-wise like during this whole quarantine thing, during the whole, all of this stuff, how many, is there something that you were, man, you loved, but it just went away? It just like disappeared. They st- it wasn't on the shelves anymore. And I know some of you are like, yeah, it's called toilet paper, right? Right? We've become the most European country now ever, right? Bidet sales are shooting through the roof. This is a good time to be in the, the, the bidet market. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you, I missed, I, I missed that. I should have invested. I should have invested. I had the opportunity. But one of the things, and I, and I know this is going to seem silly, but in our household, one of the things that brings me joy are these right here. Does anybody know what these are? What are these? Right. Whoa, 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 whoa. We can't just call them. They, they, let's not minimize them. They, these, are not, these are not just chips, Okay. And these are not just chips for salsa. These are scoops, and not just the cheap scoops. These are the multi-grain scoops, right? These are the multi-grain scoops. For some reason, during this pandemic, these disappeared. These left the shelves, and all I was left with was the peasant-quality Right? The peasant quality uh, scoops. The, they're made out of corn. Corn. What, what am I? Am I a caveman? And so one of my burdens to carry through this entire time was that I, I, had, I had to slum it, 
right? I had to slum it with these corn scoops. And let me just tell you something about corn scoops, just for a second, okay? I'm sorry, I'm a little bit of passionate about this. Is this okay? Listen, you be passionate about what you want to be passionate about. There are things that I'm passionate about. And this is something I'm passionate about. Because corn scoops, have you ever dipped something with a corn scoop and had half of the scoop still in the stuff and the other half? It It is awful. That is absolutely right. That is absolutely right. And this is what I have been dealing with for the last three months. The pain, the agony, the messy knuckles because I'm having to go in and scoop the broken chips out. Like all of these things. And then what happens is then I'm wasting paper towels on the dirt. It's a never-ending broken cycle. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. But something glorious happened. Something glorious happened. Sonia went to the store the other day or she... She didn't go. She went in and she did a, a call, whatever that is, where they, you call and they, they make your food for you and then they bring it out. It's just a magical experience. And they bring it out. And I went to check the cupboard. Being depressed and anguished, I knew what I would find would just be the corn scoops. But I showed up and I emptied out the cupboard and magically, somehow, there was, this had been restored back to my life. God had done a miracle. This had been restored back to me. My pain, my anguish, everything that I had dealt with in that moment, there were tears. There were literally screams of joy in my kitchen. I'm not exaggerating this. There were screams of joy in my kitchen because that which was taken from me, stolen by the devil, had been restored to me by God. And it was a glorious day in the Taylor household. Listen, don't shake it. I see you through that mask, Tanya, shaking her head at me. And you're sitting there going, this is not spiritual at all. It is spiritual. Because what the devil had stolen from me had been restored. And I was happy. And things were good. But something that I realized and something while I was happy about it and something that I was happy that it was restored, what I realized was, was in the meantime, because I was so happy about this and so happy that this had been restored back to my life, I had actually minimized the fact that I had more than enough throughout the entire time. Follow me on this. The cupboard was always full. The pantry was always stocked. How many of you actually gained weight during this pandemic? Anybody? Anybody? Anybody like, you just like, oh, those are, those are what we call pre-pandemic pants, right? <laughs> right? And now I'm wearing post-pandemic pants. Mine are a little bit more stretchy now, right? It is amazing to me that even though something had been stolen from me, and, and, and I had lost it, something that brought me joy I had lost, yet in the moment, and that I had maximized my losing of something, I had maximized me losing out on something, and the fact that I had done that, I had actually minimized everything that we did have, and the fact that I had way more than enough and was fully complete in my food. You follow me on this? Okay. Now, let, let's, let's make this make sense. So let's go, let's jump into this real quick. I told you to go to Colossians, but I'm going to change that. I want you to go to Acts. I want you to go to Acts chapter 16. 
And what's funny is, is when a bag like this normally would be in our house, like when there's just crumbs left and there's no, like I would have thrown it away. I said, no, there's no way. I am going to eat every last piece of those things. And I would share with you, but I'm a broken man. So there's that, okay? But I want you to see this in Acts chapter 16, because what I want to deal with today is that there are and especially if we came out of this, and I'm not picking on our, our Pentecostal heritage, I'm not picking on that, but listen to me. Listen to what I'm about to say. There are times in our lives when we can maximize, right? How many have ever heard this statement? You know, God's going to restore back to you that which what the enemy took from you. Anybody hear that? Right? And that message right there, man, that's a shouting message, right? I can just, I can preach that all day. God's going to restore back to you. God's going to restore back to you. God's going to restore back to you. And guess what everybody does? Yeah! We run around this place. Man, God's going to give it all back. God's going to give it all back. Yes! I can, I'm so thankful for that. That's so good. But hold on just for a second. Hold on just for a second. What has happened to us is when we get into that mindset, there's actually a trap. There's actually a snare that the enemy sets for us in the mindset that God's plan is to restore it all back to us. And I want to show you this. Acts chapter, what I tell you? Acts chapter 16. Let's just go there. Come on, we'll pick up the story. This is Paul. And they, this is Paul and Silas. They've been put in jail because they ruined a guy's business by casting out a devil. I love that. It's amazing when you can ruin a business by casting out the devil. And they get thrown in jail. And so we'll pick it up in verse 25. And we know this story. This is like felt board stuff. But I want you to see something here. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Everybody said, where were they? I'm sorry? They were in jail. The enemy had stolen their what? Freedom, right? They were in jail. The enemy had stolen from them something that, that, we, that they used to enjoy. And in verse 25, it says, And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake. Come on, we know this story. That the foundations of the prison were shaken. And once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose, the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison's door open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had all escaped. That is job commitment right there. I'm just telling you right now. You are committed to you. I mean, you should, you, that guy definitely gets employee of the month. If he doesn't, it's a rigged system. That's all I'm saying. I mean, if you're willing to pull your own sword and do yourself in, you had nothing to do with it. You are, you are, man, you are locked in. But he's getting, he's getting ready to, to do himself in. And then, but Paul shouts, man, don't harm yourself. We're all still here. And the jailer called for the lights, rushed in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and asked him, serves, what must I do to be saved? All of a sudden, there's, a, there's an, an opportunity now because Paul and Silas were worshiping in the midst and in the middle of something that the enemy had stolen from them. But I want to see something clearly here because I believe that the modern-day church, it wouldn't have gone down like this. Number one, just historically, let's just stop, just stop for a second. 
We always read this story. We always read this story knowing the end before the beginning, right? Like we know, like the second we get into reading it and we know that Paul and Silas begin to pray and to worship, we know that the jail's gonna shake, right? Because we've read it, right? We know that the jail's gonna shake, the prison doors are gonna fly off and think this is what's gonna go down. You need to understand something here. Paul and Silas did not get that memo prior to worshiping and praising God. No, that's an important detail. They were not given the memo. It wasn't as if an angel descended and said, if you pray and if you worship, I'll shake them free and I'll give you this opportunity. Paul and Silas began to do what they do even in the midst of something they had lost. Meaning this, they did not sit there and focus on that which had been taken before they stepped into and activated what they knew that they already had. You follow me on this? Meaning this, because the modern natures, and I believe this, I, I, I honestly, and I'll just say this about myself, my prayer, like this story would have gone down totally different because what, I, my, what you would have read about me is, man, Chris got thrown in jail, he was upset, and so, man, he just prayed and asked God to restore his freedom. God, give me back my freedom. You give me back my freedom, and I'll get right back out there and preach your word and, and cast out devils. But I'm going to need my freedom back. You give me that, and I'll get back to work for you. Right? Why? Because it's very easy for us as human beings. It's, it's actually a common occurrence for us. To, it's very easy for us to maximize that which we've lost and minimize what we already have. Are you following me on that? I mean, does that make sense? It is very easy. I, I guarantee you right now, if I asked every single one of us, because it's human nature, I'm not picking on us, but it is human nature. If I asked you to stand up and give me five minutes on something that you've lost, you could do a presentation with PowerPoint slides on, on the pain that whatever you've lost has caused you, and you could get intimate with the details, and there would be all of that, because it's very easy to maximize that which we think that we've been stolen from. And it's very easy to maximize those things in our life and minimize and even cry out to God and here is the trick and here is the trap. The trick and the trap is simply this, is that, is that the enemy, when something is taken from us, whether by natural causes, whether it's by whatever it is, when something is taken from us, he comes in and says, you need to get that back before you can move forward. And so you, being a good Christian, go into battle mode to pray and believe God and run around the church and declare he's going to restore back what he, what he stole. He's going to restore back what... And you think all the while that you're in battle mode to get that thing back when all re the reality is is that the enemy has got you in pause mode, focused on that which you've lost and minimized what you have. No, are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? And I've seen way too many believers, myself included, where I have lost in my life and I have maximized my loss and my prayer life and my focus is, God, I need to get that back before I do X, Y, and Z, what I know you've called me to do. 
And so the enemy just keeps talking in our ear. Just, man, you, you know what? Just keep holding out. Keep holding out. Keep, wait, you know, oh, you're going to need that healing before you get that. You're going to need that financial breakthrough. Oh, you're going to need this. This is going to need to be restored before you ever stop in this. Why in the world? Why in the world did Paul and Silas, why were they able to pray in the moment when they have just lost the very thing that we all hold so dearly? We all hold so dearly our freedom, especially in this country. You mess with somebody's freedom here, right? You mess with somebody. You, if you mess with somebody's freedom here, you, you are going to have a fight. And they were, t- something was, that very thing was stolen from them. And instead of them maximizing what had been taken, they maximized what they knew they already had. And so how did they do that? Well, I'm glad that you asked that question. Go to Colossians. Go to Colossians chapter 2. Are you with me today? Is this helping anybody? Is this making sense so far? You understand that's my only job. If you can't walk out of here and understand it, not just understand it, apply it, not just apply it, but teach somebody else, then I failed you. And we'll start over and we'll do it again. Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 6 through 15. We'll just read there. And we'll just go through and we'll pick up this truth. Oh, man, I'm going to mess up my chips. Ryan, I would ask you to protect these. Thank you, buddy. Really, watch out for Jeremy. He had his eye on those. Um, (laughs) Where did I tell you to go? Colossians chapter 2. Let's just pick it up in verse 6. Are you with me still? All right, let's do this. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overwhelming with thankfulness. See to it, verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, like maybe the philosophy of you can't move forward in Christ until he restores back what you think you've lost. That is a philosophy, that is a philosophy that can take hold of you and own you, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on what? Christ. Verse 9, and you need to underline this and star it, and if you don't have a Bible, underline it in somebody else's Bible. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Basically, the word is going to describe Jesus was everything in that form, lacking nothing, right? And now verse 10, and in Christ, you, everybody say me, I have been brought to fullness. In the King James, he would say, I have been brought to completeness, meaning not by my own works, not by what I did, not by what I've earned, but by what Christ has done, because it just said before that he is the fullness in his body. He is the fullness in who he is. And because of that, and because I've received him, he's brought me to completeness, meaning there is nothing I lack because of what he has done in me. Are you following me on this? I mean, I am not waiting for Christ plus what he restores back to me. I'm not waiting for Christ and then that thing that I lost. 
to come back. I'm not waiting for Christ plus anything. If I have Christ, I have been brought to fullness. I have been brought, there is, I have all that I need within me. Are you following me on this? And so the trick is, or the snare, is that the enemy tricks people into getting the focus so so focused on that which they've lost that they actually minimize or maximize the very thing they've lost over the fullness of Christ that lives in them. No, no, are you following me on that? Meaning, it is possible for you as a believer, whether it's healing, whether it's financial break, I don't care what that thing is, but the second that you elevate that thing, as in, I need that to accomplish this, you've just minimized the fullness of Christ that is in you. Does that make sense? When you are waiting to be added to, to accomplish a task, you've basically just said, Jesus is not enough. Oh, but Pastor Chris, you don't understand. I, I'm just, I'm waiting, you know, the enemy stole this in my body and I'm just waiting for my healing and then I'll get out there and run. I'll just run the race that he set before me. But I need two good legs or I need a good arm or I need a good, I need, I need this. When you focus and elevate that thing above the fact that Christ is complete in you, the enemy wins. And he wins in the most beautiful and elegant way. Because how he wins is is he gets believers thinking that they're chasing down God to get something that they need from God to do the task of God. I mean, do you see this? So there's nothing immoral in that, right? There's no pattern where it looks like, ah, I've got them. They're a crackhead again. Woohoo! I win. That's not what they do. That's not what the enemy is doing. That's not what the enemy does. The enemy elegantly traps you into focusing and crying out to God. And again, oh, it's a believer. It's a child of God. How could this be wrong? How could it be wrong to ask God to restore back that which was stolen? How could that be wrong? How could it be wrong that I want to wait for him and then I'll run the race? I want, that's a desire of my heart. But the enemy wins because he's got you in pause because you have elevated that thing and it's caused you to stand still. You have minimized the authority of Jesus Christ on, in the, on the inside of you. Jesus did not give you half righteousness. You are not operating in half power. Oh, but I know you might be weak in your body. Welcome to life. You will never be operating in full strength in your body. This thing, me as a man in front of you right now, I am in the process of decaying. In front of your very eyes. Right? I mean, it's true. This is only going down. It ain't getting better. It's not. So if I'm waiting to be at full strength and full power to do the work of God, it ain't ever going to happen. I've already peaked. It was like 1982 on a Tuesday. Like, I peaked. Man, everything from there was like downhill. It was a great day, right? I rode that wheelie as far as I could ride it. And that day, the second that ended, it was over, man. It was over. That was the best day I had. Everything else is just, woo. 
But if I sit there and focus, oh, God, I need you to restore this back to my body. God, I need you to restore this back to me. God, I, I want to do your work. But if I just had this financial breakthrough, if I just, man, I would do it. Father, if you would just set me free out of this thing, then I would do it. Listen to me. There is nowhere in the world, nowhere in the New Testament that says at any time, do not go. Actually, you know what I take back? The only time that Jesus said, don't go into the world and don't do what I'm telling you to do is when he said, go and wait to be empowered by my Holy Spirit. That's the only time. Every other time was, but Paul, I'm weak. Could you take this away? No, no, my, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Oh, I'm in prison. Okay, but just praise me. Oh, I'm being persecuted and the church is scattered. Great, it'll spread. Everywhere you go, talk about me. No, 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 are you following on this? The only time he said to wait till you receive something back is when they were in the upper room and he said, don't go anywhere until you receive my authority, receive my power. How many of you have received the Holy Spirit? No, no, that's a, we'll stop right now. How many of you received the Holy Spirit? I, I, have, I have access. Think about this. You have access to the power of the kingdom of heaven. You have access to a knowledge base that is beyond your pay grade. You have access to words and wisdom that are beyond your years. You have access to this. So I'm not saying that we don't study our, to show ourselves approved. I'm not saying that we don't do these. I'm not saying that we don't operate in discipleship and that we've got everything. I'm not saying you are complete. Like I, you've got everything. Like you had a Damascus Road experience and Jesus death. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that there is nothing that you are waiting on to accomplish the plan that he has set before you. If he set a plan before you to walk, then the condition that you are in, unless that condition is a way of sin, then you have the fullness of Christ living in you and do not allow the enemy to maximize that which you don't have to keep you from doing what he desires for you to do. No, no, are you hearing me on this? I'm just tired. I'm tired of seeing loved ones in the body of Christ sit back and, and passionately pray and ask God and even run around the room and get excited. And, and all. Listen to me. It, you have to understand something. If God does restore back to you that which the enemy took, it ain't even just for you. No, do you understand that? You know, in Psalms chapter 23, where it says all of those amazing things, oh, he, he does this for me, and he does this for me, and he does this for me, and he makes me lie down, and he does this, and he sets the table. He does all these great things. You know what it ends with at the final part of that? And he does all of this for who? Oh, for me, because he loves me, because I'm the apple of his eye. No, he does all of this for his name's sake. So even if he restores back your health, that thing that you feel like got stolen from you, oh, I need my health. Even if he restores it back to you, it's for a testimony to push forward the kingdom of God and not just so that you can walk better. No, no, are you hearing me on this? He's, he's not getting you out of debt just so, that you can, just so that you can have all you want. Man, there ain't nothing on this earth that's my reward. So, so him even getting me out of debt and, and taking care of me financially can't be the end result of it. He desires for me to bless him, be a blessing in all areas and in all times. So that's the end goal. So even if he restores back my finances, it's not even for my name's sake. It's for his. 
If he restores my health, it's for his name's sake, not for mine. It's just not. But the enemy just sits there and goes, oh, you're going to need that. You're going to need it. You're going to need that back to do that plan. And the thing is, is again, what did I say last week? What I said last week is if the enemy can flip the thing around and get you to focus on the wrong pattern, which is to see yourself first and your failings and your weaknesses first and then see the plan of God, you will always limit the opportunities and you will always not walk into those things because you will always see your weakness first and not the God that is inside of you first. Are you following me on this? I am trying to set you free into something. I am tired of believers coming and sitting in church and asking God, oh God, just, I, I know you have a plan for me, but I'm just, I'm just waiting. I just, man, I, I just need this back. And he has given you, if, if you've believed, listen to me, the second you received Christ, he then in turn not only gave you his righteousness, not only gave you his fullness, not only gave you his power to walk in and the presence of the Holy Spirit, not only did you receive that, he then in the midst of that, in the midst of that uh, amazing eternal handshake, and he hands to you, he says, I am now giving you back a ministry of reconciliation that I've called you to do whether you're in college, whether you're a teacher, whether you're in banking, whether you're a student, it doesn't matter if you've received me in turn. my right, You've got my fullness, but I'm also giving back to you a calling, and that calling is to walk in the ministry of reconciliation. And, I'm, and listen, you don't have to wait for anything. You, you don't have to wait to get older. You, you don't have to wait to get a better position. You don't have to wait... I've given it to you in this moment, and I want to use you in this moment in your place. Now, don't get that twisted. If you're in sin, that ain't the moment he, he wants you. He's also given you the opportunity to repent. So repent, but then jump back in and go, okay, wait a second. I have the fullness of Christ. I don't need Christ plus. I don't need the cross plus bleh, this. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're ever around people and they're preaching a gospel that is Jesus plus anything, you need to run because that's not the gospel. Jesus stood on the cross or hung on the cross and said, it is finished. He didn't say, well, it's kind of done. I mean, it's kind of done. I mean, it's, we'll see. Depends on what they need. No, no, he says it's finished. He says, it's finished. And then he got out of the grave and said, now they can have access to this. They can have my fullness. They can operate in this. They don't, Corey, you don't have to wait. No, no, Corey, you don't have to wait. Jeff, you don't have to wait. You don't have, and if you've been waiting, let me give you the number one step. Repent. Repent. Repent that you've maximized that which you've lost over the fullness of Christ. No, no, no. I, I'm telling you, I'm not kicking you in the teeth. I'm trying to set you free for something. You need to Repent. I'm not saying, Paul prayed three times, could you take this? It's not wrong to ask to take it, but he, Paul never maximized this thing when Jesus spoke to him and said, no, no, my grace is made, my, my, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. He didn't go, well, oh, come on. I ain't doing anything until you take this away. Right? Wouldn't that have been funny if we saw that? I mean, we don't know if that didn't go down, but what made the writings was like, he was like, Cool. Because I know I would have stomped a little bit. I, there would have been a stomp. I was like, mm, this hurts. Right? <laughs> I mean, I would have done it a little bit. It's just the truth. 
It's just the truth. But see, Paul never, Paul never maximized that, which he was like, no, I've got the fullness of Christ, so I'm just gonna, for me to live is Christ. And, and so I'm gonna walk in that, whether it's in pain or whether it's not in pain. I'm gonna walk it, whether it's in lack or whether it's, it, whether if I'm abounding or if I'm a base, I'm just gonna walk, it doesn't matter. Because I'm not waiting to be a, uh, to abound to then step in. I'm not waiting to abound to be a giver. I'm not waiting to be healed to teach on healing. I'm not, do you understand on this? Because I, it's not me anyway. I'm just promoting him. Just promoting him. And he called me in this shell. And so whatever this shell lacks or has, he, it wasn't a part. He didn't need it anyway. Because he knows that I have the fullness of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit and the direction and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I lack nothing. I lack nothing. I have been brought to the fullness in him. Think about that. Some of you, man, the enemy has just messed with you. Some of you, literally, the enemy has just said you are half a believer. You are a partial believer. You, because let's just be honest, some of the things that we say that the enemy lost, really the enemy was us and we were the stupid ones. You know what I mean? Like we look back on our past and we're like, oh, that, yeah, yeah, I did that. I mean, I blame the devil, but ta-da, it's me, you know. And so the enemy has just blamed you or used that against you and said, no, you're half a believer until, until you get back everything, all that stuff, until you, no, 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 you're not half a believer. You're not. His forgiveness is full. There is no condemnation in Christ. There is no, if you have repented, there is forgiveness and there is moving on. Do not allow the enemy to even use that. Oh, you need to have all that restored back until you can see that in its fullness. You can't move on. Give me a break. Man, there wouldn't be a, a believer making another step if that was the case. Seriously. Do you hear what I'm saying today? I'm trying to give us a tool to get us out of this because I believe that this is a time of action. I, believe, I, I can't even believe I just said that. It's always a time of action, but it's now. I believe that right now we, the church, needs to wake up. And the enemy's games need to be called out. And some of them are clever, and some of them are elegant, and some of them look God-stamped, but they are devil-sent. And we need to call them out and act accordingly. I lack nothing to do the call that is on my life, so I will step into it. Because I will never maximize that which I do not have over the Christ that lives in me. Never going to happen, because that is sin. Do you hear me today? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much. Father God, I thank you that we are waking up, that you are calling as you have been from the beginning. You are calling your church to action. And sometimes those actions have, we, for, to get us to get into actions, we have to kind of see the chains that so easily, the snares that so easily entangle us and bind us and keep us from going forward. So we're calling you out, devil. We see this. It was elegant. Well done. We even applaud your efforts, but we call it out today. In this church and in this house and those listening down that lens, we say today, we see ourselves in the fullness and the completeness of Christ. We see it, not lacking anything, not lacking anything to do the work that you've called us to do. If repentance needs to be done, let it take place, Jesus. Let it be so. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said...
Amen. Well, stand to your feet, you beautiful people, you. that help anybody today? Thanks for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.